Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello, friends. We have a couple of quick Art History Babes Nation updates for you. What's going on over here in our world? First off, we have a new featured artist. Zach Clark. You our might bo- recognize him from some of our previous episodes, such as Corita Kent. Or Albrecht Durer. And our upcoming episode on Robert Rauschenberg as Which well. Which is going to be great. It's going to be Just doozy. as rambly and crazy <laughs> as the first one. So we're officially blaming that on Zach. Yeah. But you've maybe heard him before on the show. Um, he's a friend of ours and he's an artist, a printmaker. And he is our featured artist. And he has created a beautiful print set called Confabulation is a River in California. And it is available for purchase on the mm-hmm. Art History Babes website. It's a really interesting print set and just a really interesting concept. And if you want to learn about it, learn about the story behind it and learn about Zach and his process and his life as an artist, you can head over to our YouTube channel and watch our featured artist video. Because we're on YouTube now, guys. We got quite a few videos already. We're on YouTube. We're just you're, we're just expanding the content. You can see our faces now. Yeah. Our faces are going to match our mouths. <laughs> Watch the words come out. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's cool. It's a pretty cool thing. So we do, we have a handful of videos up right now and we're going to keep making them and keep churning them out for you guys. So be sure to check out the YouTube, subscribe and like and hit that little bell so you get notifications when we put content out there. But yeah, so just some fun, exciting things. What else is going on? Do we have other exciting things to talk about? We're going to have new merch coming out soon. Oh yeah, merch. Summer merch is coming soon, which means spring merch is going to be going. So if there's anything that you've been thinking about getting and haven't pulled the trigger now might be the time now might be the time so head over to arthistorybabes.com check out our merch check out our featured artist check out all of our stuff that we're working on for you lovely people and for you lovely patrons shout out to all of our patrons on we love you so we love you so much patreon.com slash arthistorybabes you guys make it possible so thank you you're all amazing and uh let's get to the show Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Natalie. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. We're all together. We're hanging out. I'm really happy when the four of us (laughs) get to convene. It's been harder over the last few months. So sometimes, dear listeners, you're listening to (laughs) two or three of us. 
but you got the full package today. Everyone the is The full here. package. And it's All a beautiful summer day, and we're drinking white wine. It's a white fucking hot wine. summer day. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is quite toasty. I am unaccustomed to this temperature. Yeah, Ginny Ooh, is coming an to us. Wine. <laughs> oh, you don't like the Vibel? I've just been drinking. It's I a think. little, it's too a little bootery. Yeah. Bootery. I haven't buttery. even tried mine. Buttery for tastes the like l- apple l- cider. L- layman. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, wait. Okay, and I have to taste it. Oh, wow! It is sweet. It's yeah. table wine. Hmm. So yeah, we've table, been having table wine tends to be on the sweeter yeah. side. Honestly, this, this is our me. second dud as far as wine goes. <laughs> Earlier, we popped Ange open a Chardonnay, me. and it was not the business. Yeah, um, Ange kind of warned me that the wines she was passing on, she was like, ah. Yeah, so See, it's a really hot day. We're in the sort of Sacramento area of Northern California. <laughs> For our listeners that aren't aware of what California is like in the summer, it's hot mm-hmm. and it's dry. Especially in the valley here. We, we are I feel warm. dehydrated yeah. 100% Just of the time. Just constantly dehydrated. Yeah. At all times, I am dehydrated. But all you have to do is drive about 60 miles in western direction <laughs> and all suddenly it's really nice and cold and, and foggy get a sea breeze yeah Ginny's coming to us from San Francisco she's a queen that managed to find a really cool spot out By there the skin of my teeth yeah so we're really proud of her so <laughs> Thank you. congratulations Ginny Thank we're really you. really Thank stoked you. to go visit you and and yeah. sleep in your house. Me too. We're going to be too. doing a uh, kind of housewarming yeah. uh, slash checking out some San Francisco art video for you all. Yeah. So you'll get to see Ginny's dope new spot yeah. too. Mm-hmm. It was built in like 1910, 1907. Wow. Ooh, I like that. So Is it haunted? I was just going to say there's probably some ghosts. <sighs> what? Have you saged it? Um, I did before construction went on, but I need to do it again after it's all done. Right, because construction bring brings in the demons. <laughs> <laughs> we all know As that. everyone knows. It's <laughs> when they all sneak in. Construction brings in the demons. It just opens the portals. <laughs> <laughs> Something about drywall just yeah. has the demons all, all flustered. The, yeah. like the demons are just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> Destruction. Yeah. Yeah, smash that shit. <laughs> well, New we're kitchen cabinets. <laughs> evil. I can't wait to perform a seance. Yeah, in I was gonna your say, home. do you have a Ouija board? We could do some like <gasps> no, but my mom oh. does. That could be fun. Mm, could I feel like it. we have to do an episode one day on talking boards. Like that's a whole thing. There's more than talking boards. Yes, <laughs> the Ouija board is. Uh, something that became like patented sometime in like yeah. the 1960s. It's owned by like Mattel or it something. Is. It's yeah. like the yeah Hasbro. I don't know. Oh, totally. But um, yeah. but the they're I, yeah, they're all fashion of different boards in which you can conjure up messages from the beyond. It was all part of that spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Victorian the same, era the, yeah. spiritualism. At the same time as the whole like tarot explosion mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so one of these days, we'll probably talk about that. About the the speaking boards. <laughs> yes. And I can't wait to see what kind of demons are living in Ginny's house. <laughs> I bet Ginny can wait. Yeah, Ginny's like, I'm good. Like, I'm cool with, like, I feel like the kind of spirits of any spirit I 
attract to my life are friendly spinsters. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's rude. I shouldn't be calling them demons. <laughs> They're just like the ghosts of lonely old cat ladies. Right. Like, it's really interesting, too, because the apartment upstairs is the same layout as mine downstairs, but there's a little extra room in the front in the bay oh. windows. And the room was called the fainting room for women mm. when they had their corsets on and they'd mm-hmm. come up the stairs. And it's like the first room when you come up the stairs. So you can wow. take a quick little pass yeah. out. And so that, you know, like the men wouldn't your... see you when you were struggling for breath because I was unsightly. <laughs> oh, my God. There was a whole room for that, you guys. <laughs> don't want to upset the men. And we're back to people wearing corsets. <laughs> this. If you want to train your waist, go do some Pilates or something. Like, you don't need to suffocate no. <laughs> yeah definitely don't, don't do bind that. yourself don't. Oh, you're already binded man. by society we- wow <laughs> that's damn really, that's real i'm happy with that <laughs> oh my goodness Ginny endorses this message <laughs> yeah yeah binded by the love <laughs> revved up like a, a douche, douche. <laughs> i think it's, it's douche. douche but everyone thinks it's douche another because runner in the night he says it like douche, douche. it sounds yeah. like douche but it is also what's a deuce like a car wrapped up, wrapped up, wrapped up like, like a deuce. deuce i think it is a reference to a car another runner in the night i think it is i saw Beep. vh1 did like an expose oh an expose that's what they did like vh1 just goes in these weird like yeah. like it's true weird stories from music history yeah. and i ate that shit up when the it. music changed on behind the music you were like oh no. oh my god who od'd behind the music was yeah. so good yeah um, well, we're talking about music today, we so are. that's fitting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, so many natural segues. <laughs> wow. I'm really proud of us. Like We're, we're getting, getting good, good at this, guys. Yeah. But yeah, today we're talking about music. Specifically, we are unpacking ape shit. So yeah, I feel like people that know that I studied art yeah. have come at me. <laughs> and been like, what do you think about this video? And yeah. I'm like, oh boy. Which has been really like, I mean, so first instinct is kind of where we'll start. But like first instinct, I was like, I like lost my shit a little bit. I was like, oh my god, did you go ape shit? I did. <laughs> I did I you? I was yeah, I was taken aback by it, and I was very excited. But then like very quickly, my mind went to like, oh, this is good because it it makes people who aren't art historians want to reach out to their art historian friends. That's yeah, point. it makes yeah. people want to think about these things, and that got me really excited. Yeah. I was like, everyone is watching this video. Yeah. It's got hundreds of millions of views. Yeah. And and it's it's filmed in a way that makes you want to know more about the art and makes you want to appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I was just like yeah. stoked on that that's, from the beginning. That's what got me excited. Like I don't think that it's any sort of surprise to anyone who's been listening to us for a while that I'm not really like the biggest pop slash whatever is popular music right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Beyonce is cool. Yeah. I dig her, but I was really interested in what was going on with this video especially because i was like oh wow this is a really cool moment mm-hmm. where the mainstream is gonna give a shit about art history for like a second sure so that is <laughs> very cool for me as someone who has been trying to make what i studied for so long relevant yeah. to the world yeah yeah no i agree and i mean 
I have a lot of respect for Beyonce, but I'm not like a huge Beyonce stand. Like if I had to pick, I'd be like Solange all the way. Right. I, I just feel like artistically Solange makes more of an impact on me. However, I definitely think that Beyonce, especially in the last few years, has made like a lot of really conscious and introspective work mm -hmm. that makes a lot of really important like political and cultural statements. Mm -hmm. um, and the way she's interacted with visual material has been certainly impressive. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Natalie and I did a Patreon extra where we talked about Beyonce's Coachella yes. performance. Yes. So you should run over there and listen to that. Because she consciously used a lot of imagery, yeah. a lot of iconography yeah. that was very important to the performance. And the performance is amazing. Um, yeah. And also, like, I've talked about it a few times. I've, since it came out, like, I'm still obsessed with Lemonade. Like, the yeah, visual album was, really amazing. was unreal. Like, mm -hmm. and, and she has consciously, over the past few years, really shifted into trying to interact with different aspects of, like, her identity as a black woman and then, the, like, political things. Things, like yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement and doing it in a way that crosses over with visual material in a very conscious way. Yeah. And, and in a way that is also aesthetically pleasing to watch. Yeah. Like yeah. she, I think musically, her music and Solange's music are very different. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, I love Beyonce's music. I really do. But it's, it just definitely is more poppy. It's yeah. just definitely more mass appeal. Solange has a little bit just like chiller of a vibe and mm -hmm. like, but yeah, Beyonce's kind of weaving together of all these different like heavy things involving culture mm -hmm. and visual material mm -hmm. is, I mean, I think it will forever be like an important form of this generation's art moving mm -hmm. forward. You know, like yeah. I think people are going to be talking about videos like this and Lemonade far in the future. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I think she's just done a really good job of knowing what the people want, knowing what's going to sell, but making a statement with it and selling a message with it. And I totally. think I think this video is just another great example of that yeah and we did uh, that baby on faith ringold and mm -hmm. her work and just mm -hmm. to draw a parallel between art history and popular culture faith ringold has dancing in the loo yeah. which is a right. scene of women dancing in front of famous paintings at the louvre and mm -hmm. now beyonce's brought it right into like exactly. the yeah. center of popular culture she's taken this idea of reclaiming this very sterily kind of white <laughs> place yeah for the most part i mean we'll get to it but the part in the video where it says my people and then it flashes to like, slaves in paintings mm -hmm. and like how mm -hmm. darker skinned people basically take up background space in mm -hmm. a lot of these paintings in mm -hmm. the louvre and that's kind of the place that they've held for a long time and mm -hmm. so this reclaiming is just so powerful and i hope people see that faith ringgold's work has been at the front of my mind because we we recently saw um natalie and i recently saw some of her work mm -hmm. at the crocker and then we did a baby episode on her and so it's just kind of like been at the front of my mind and mm -hmm. instantly i was like oh shit like beyonce's dancing, dancing in, in the, the loop <laughs> and if you should go check out that baby episode as well because it, it is it's all about black women joyously dancing mm -hmm. in the loop in front of the mona lisa mm -hmm. and i love that work i I think it's it's very compelling and very important and it, it they're both doing the same thing in trying to 
work through and then represent what it means to be a black woman in this country like Mm -hmm. and it's not just blackness it's being a black woman and that identity and like everything that's wrapped up in that Mm -hmm. and being a black woman in an artistic space yeah yeah um and that's what the video is all about it's about and it's what that video was about and it's what faith ringgold's work Mm -hmm. is about people of color women of color taking up space in these institutions where they haven't had space yes and and yeah and doing so in a fucking badass way (laughs) powerful (laughs) yeah definitely were there any other like initial reactions to the video Mm, i mean no because i think any (laughs) i don't know i have like just random opinions about beyonce and jay-z and and what they've been up to the last couple of years. And so part of me, like when I see a video like this is like, mm, these guys, you know, and, and, but I, I think that that's just very like my own personal sort of annoyance with the Carter empire, but <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Mm. As someone who is very dumb when it comes to celebrities lives and what's happening outside of their output because right. I just I know nothing I'm always the last to find out I objectively just like the video with no context which I think but, is great yeah like I know I, I, that I, I know rumors and things like that but I've never done enough investigation to know if anything I've ever heard holds weight so like mm-hmm. I think I mean this is me just being a sap but I like the general like Beyonce released Lemonade and it was this whole her processing Jay-Z being a kind of piece of shit and and the different layers of her Mm -hmm. processing that I always love that about that album because it's like she's mad she's powerful she's sad you know it had all the layers of that then Jay-Z released an album which was him kind of dealing with those things Mm -hmm. and then they released an album together that basically was like we're working we're working through this shit together and I thought that was pretty beautiful just in terms of like being that open about the difficult things because you know like being a couple that is that at the forefront of everything they they basically leaned into yeah the things that were public about their relationship and once again me being a sap i like that it returned to the you know the name of the album is everything is love yeah it's about them finding love again it's about them working through their issues it's about them deciding to be a a strong unit yeah you know what i mean i think it's just my cynicism crops up it's hard sure i've been trying to kill my cynicism a little (laughs) bit because sometimes it's a lot i know what you mean i I mean yeah i i feel similarly and i think too like i personally i'm an incredibly private person so i'm i always have a hard time understanding when artists like put their own very personal aspects of their life like into their work in such a public format but then on the flip side of that coin i know that a lot of times personal experience informs art so that's of course when you're that famous there's no avoiding so it's almost like a way or if i were to guess what beyonce because really she is the impetus behind this being a public yeah Mm -hmm. like expression of what happened 
it's a way of reclaiming it because people are going to find right. out no matter what people exactly. are going to be talking if he's cheating it's out there people are going to be saying it so it's like i'm going to take yeah. this back this is mine this is not yours and now yeah. i'm going to process it and then you're going to listen to it which yeah. is commendable for sure yeah exactly exactly i, I mean it's, it's a big push and pull for me in the sense that i the cynical side of me is like oh sure capitalize on your drama because you're already billionaires so why not use it for content and get all kinds of exposure and and video plays and whatever the hell but then at the same time I want to be a compassionate person and look at celebrities as these people who yeah they're wealthy but they have definitely had to give up a part of themselves that we as like regular folk don't understand like we don't understand what it would be like to live in that world where Mm -hmm. everything you do is on tmz and i've Mm -hmm. never bought into the idea which a lot of people do that celebrities deserve whatever judgment and criticism they get because they sign up for it and it's like no a lot of these people are artists like a lot of these people are just creating what they love and if they gain success that doesn't mean that they wanted that you can be an actor an actress a musician an artist and not want the celebrity but it it comes exactly. with it. like success yeah. and celebrity are just synonymous in our society and that's yeah. unfortunate and yeah it's yeah it's sad but well, and so that's like what you know that's why I think just in my own development as a human mm-hmm. I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a little bit more compassionate and we're all projecting our own shit onto this too which exactly. is like the other part of yeah. it yeah. like exactly. we all see it through our own lens exactly. and like, yeah what? and like I often have this knee-jerk reaction where like I said I think Beyonce deserves a lot of credit but I think that there are many people that are just like Beyonce stands that like no matter what she does everyone's just like oh have you seen it it's amazing it's like blah 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 so my reaction <laughs> when I heard about ape shit before I watched it was like okay Skepticism. like let's hold yeah, on relax um <laughs> however w- once I watched it I have a lot more good things to say about it than critiques and any critiques that I have which I'm sure we'll get into at some point are like very niche nerdy art historical things (laughs) yes yeah they're Um, not like your typical Yeah. (laughs) yeah no I like I think so I think all of us deal on different levels and in different situations yeah. deal with that same reaction because I almost feel like that's what just being an academic does to you is it's yeah. trying to make you super critical of everything yeah. all the time yes. yeah. especially so, things that everyone seems to like right exactly. you have uh, a, a right. visceral reaction yeah. you're like I don't <laughs> like that you're like <laughs> we'll see you're like taught to be yeah. a little cynical yes. and so I get it I totally get the impulse to be cynical and it definitely comes through sometimes but yeah I also likewise in my uh development as a human I liked the way you phrased that (laughs) I have been more and more trying to focus back on the idea that yes yeah they're they have insane wealth Mm -hmm. and all of this but like that doesn't mean they shouldn't be allowed to make the art that they want to make. Yeah, and they're that still people. Yeah, and but and and just as artists, I don't think every move they make is like trying to make money. I think they like, I think they love what they do, and I think they they should be allowed to make the art that they want to make without everyone being like, oh, they're just trying to make money. At the same time, at the same time, the <laughs> at the same time. The whole Beyonce empire is complicated because of its interactions with capitalism. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is researched in academic circles. Like there's a lot of people that have problems with Beyonce's feminism. It's something I've spent a lot of time 
thinking about um, because of a class that I was a TA for, basically. We like worked through the different critiques of Beyonce and, you know, like Bell Hooks does not appreciate Beyonce's feminism, basically. And Bell Hooks is an incredibly important feminist voice, you know, and I I appreciate Bell Hooks, but I kind of disagree with her because I do think Beyonce's feminism is powerful, albeit problematic in certain aspects because it's wrapped up in capitalism and sexuality sometimes. So it's like there's all sorts of elements like where, yes, you should be critical, but I think there's a difference between being, being critical and being a hater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I was getting mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to <laughs> ask Which we know, we know the difference very well yeah. when we get responses from our listeners yeah. sometimes yeah. there's a big difference between people who are mm. being thought-provoking mm-hmm. and slightly critical mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. and, and then being a hater yes. yeah mr well, hollywood and we listen to was that oh, his name? one version yeah and we ignore the other yeah <laughs> because yeah there's some people that i feel like with everything they just want to hate on everything all the time and i just don't have so, the energy for that like right. i just don't hold right. up for our listeners, but also for myself, mm-hmm. um, can you give us an example of how Beyonce's feminism is um, problematic? Sure. Good question. Um, so the main critique uh, by Bell Hooks is basically the idea. It's a very famous quote, quote like you can't dismantle the master's house using the master's tools. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so basically... Beyonce for many years you know she was very very much leaning into um, her performance as like a sexual object that is something that is talked about like leaning into her role as a an object of of Mm -hmm. men's attention and then also the fact that she is insanely wealthy Mm -hmm. and basic uh, inequality 101 things like racism and sexism are all tied up into the capitalist superstructure right so it's basically like she is benefiting from that structure mm-hmm. and so in that sense her feminism some people argue can be flawed uh, now, yeah so that is like a pretty common critique and it's an important one and it's one we should think about yeah my yeah. personal belief is that she's also made feminism incredibly appealing and approachable for mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah and so yeah. that's Two sides of that coin right totally yeah. totally and it's interesting too because my initial reaction to this music video was like Oh, it's it's just like kind of a display of wealth and success that they can rent out one of the most <laughs> famous cultural institutions in the world. Yeah, just yeah. rent who else the could do it. <laughs> Which I think was definitely a part of oh, it. Oh yeah. But it goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah. And I I think ultimately a lot of what I got from the music video was just like a way of showing that like Yes, they are very successful and they're very wealthy, but they and they have access to this space and to this art that like for centuries people of color didn't have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That just I don't Which know. Which is why. a bigger takeaway I than don't know. their wealth. Like that just kind of you're one hundred percent right. That like kind of gave me chills a little bit. Like cause that is exactly yeah. exactly what they are doing. Yeah. Cause yeah, they're one hundred percent like, you know, the lyric like I can't believe we made it. Like yeah. it's all about it's all about being like, look at what we can do, but like, look at what we can do in this context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is, is l- really important that you think about it that way. You I know? mean, the Louvre is like a symbol of colonialism. Yeah. Like, exactly. That right. is what it is. Right. 
and, and that's a lot the of definition of reclaiming it is like, oh, we're going to rent that from you, France. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the art in it is symbols of conquest. Yes. And like a lot of the images that are shown in the yes. video and are symbols of conquest. Yes. And like, yes. that is an incredibly powerful thing. It is. And criticisms about like the paintings that they chose to be in front of like what what would be a good choice of painting in the Louvre like that is the point they're yeah, all symbols of like white colonialism all over the world yes. and like yeah. in different time periods in different yeah. countries but like yeah. that's kind of what the Louvre is showcasing so they're not gonna go find a faith ring old in the Louvre that's the point mm-hmm. like yeah so, can I share my my little art historical critique yes, of like what yeah. I maybe wish they had done? Yeah, you let's may. do it. Okay, so you know, there's once there's a couple flashes of scenes of her and Jay Z in the ancient Egyptian wing where they're in front of um, yeah. a sphinx. I think so. Yeah, I think it's like a, a head of a f- some pharaoh, um, <laughs> some guy, a pharaoh, <laughs> um, a pharaoh guy, <laughs> a pharaoh guy. <laughs> but what I would have and. <laughs> This is like, I know this is so annoying. I feel annoying saying this. <laughs> you can't I, go back now. <laughs> I know, because I don't know how exactly you would visually convey it with the exception of maybe doing more in like the ancient Egyptian wing or arts of Western Africa wings. But the reason that I'm more cognizant of it is because of her Coachella performance and referen- referencing Nefertiti in such a huge way. I think that it would have been cool if they had done more shots in the ancient Egyptian wing because the museums that have the largest collections of artifacts and art from ancient Egypt are like France, England, yeah, and yeah. like very white Western colonial countries. So I think also that the ancient Egyptian wing in the Louvre is fucking fantastic. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so good. Yeah, I f- I feel that that would yeah. have been been yeah. cool. Yeah, um, but. You know, but you're right. Also, a very nerdy critique. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, should we talk about some of the work? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into kind of picking apart some of the main works that they chose to yes, showcase yes. and all that good stuff. Yes. Sounds good. Be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Have returned and we're back. We are talking about Beyonce's apeshit video. I know I should say the Carters, but I'm gonna say Beyonce's because because <laughs> it's, <Beyonce's. laughs> it's Beyonce's. Let's be real. I mean, like, no, I kind of like Jay Z, but it's Beyonce's. <laughs> um, you know, Jay Z would have never put on that like baby teal leisure suit <laughs> if Beyonce hadn't been like, "You're wearing it." 
<laughs> he was like, all right. We all have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of art that uh so much that we're gonna talk about yeah. in the video and kind of you know our thoughts on what it means to be in this video and and obviously this is just kind of our interpretations of things yeah um there's also been a lot written about the video already like i feel like every art publication like blog immediately was like i am writing a post about this yeah i mean that's i mean we're we're in that same group Mm -hmm. we would be what's the word remiss remiss yes (laughs) (laughs) i almost said amiss and i was like no that's not right (laughs) Um, something is amiss i know we would be remiss if we had for sure let this moment in pop culture go unnoticed by the art history babes yeah word yeah also i feel like i just want to put this out there because i just remembered it we were talking during our break about just like Beyonce and art history and how she's been using it a lot and I it totally came back into my mind I read an article like six months ago or whatever that apparently Beyonce's mom used to give like little art history lessons to Beyonce and Solange and Kelly Mm -hmm. when they were like younger what did Beyonce's mom do I don't know oh (laughs) we'll ask her yeah we'll we'll write write, write yeah I don't I yeah I don't like I said this was like six months ago I do not remember the details but I was just like dope like so in some way I think she's kind of been been trained to at least look at stuff and trained to see Mm -hmm. the kinds of things just because you know it was encouraged from a young age so if anything uh teach your kids some art history they might grow up to be beyonce is all i'm saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. good tip (laughs) all right so where do we want to start with the artwork in the video Lots of Davids. Mm-hmm. Lots of Davids. They were hanging out in the David room. And I was like, was that like easier? To, my to my do? instinct was because, okay, so it's when. It's such a big room. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge room. Lots of space. And yeah. we we went to the Louvre last year, first time. Mm-hmm. And my, my first thing with the Davids was like, shit, these are so Massive. much more imposing mm-hmm. than I thought they were yeah. going to be. They are huge. They're huge. Yeah. And it gave me this whole new appreciation for David. Um, but they are. They're very imposing mm-hmm. images. Mm-hmm. And they're they're very active, you know? There's yeah. a lot. It makes yeah. you respect the fact that he didn't do that many paintings. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of Davids out mm-hmm. there that you go see, mm-hmm. but they must have taken a very long time yeah like <laughs> that could not have yeah. been easy they're pretty much yeah. i mean if you've seen the video they're pretty much life size yeah. yes um they're huge it's maybe insane. bigger than you could like live in one of a david's paintings you, you, could. <laughs> you definitely could you really could you really could live in it oh that one is so beautiful right oh um, so at one point with the Davids, mm-hmm. uh, you have Beyonce and her amazing dancers, oh. and they're all like in a line, and they are so in good. front of the consecration of the Emperor Napoleon and the coronation of Empress Josephine mm-hmm. on December second, eighteen o four. Is that really the whole title of the I think that it is. <laughs> yes. I think that it is. All right, descriptive, <laughs> very historical, very historical. Any thoughts on on exactly some of like yes. what are your thoughts yes, <laughs> yes. well for one i just think the way that the dancers were dressed and the way also that they color coordinated their outfits with different things like in this one you know everyone's wearing like basically f- flesh tone i just think it's really oh it's so good and beyonce's leggings and her like her bra top 
are a slightly different pattern than everyone else. And she's in the middle. So it's it's obvious that she's set apart. Mm-hmm. But her we were talking about this earlier, like her placement being where the Empress is leaning mm-hmm. about to get crowned is really significant. And just just the way that like the David painting in particular, like it's it's really dark around all of the edges. And then there's this light that focuses on kind of the figures at the center and it's this gold warm light and then the light is like almost imitated with Beyonce and the dancers where like the light focuses on most of them from like kind of the shoulder up and the edges are a little bit darker I don't know just the way that it it coordinates together Mm -hmm. seems really conscious oh yeah to me the way the light and the color work together is definitely mm-hmm. very intentional. Right. There was a really interesting reading, actually, of the use of this, and I want to find it. Hold, please. This came from Professor and Museum Curator Theodore Barrow. This was, was his what reading. A name. Right. And he said in discussing the coronation of Napoleon that it's significant in this context because Napoleon created a meritocracy where hard work rather than birthright or aristocracy equaled success, which Mm. very, you know, very much I think parallels to the message of this video and this idea of like, you know, just working really hard to become the best and making your way uh, that way. So I thought that was a very interesting parallel. Yeah, that's smart iconography right there. Uh, coordination of Napoleon. Um, and then, uh, which one do we want to talk about next? There were a few Davids, right? So there was coordination of Napoleon, oath of the Horatii, Horatii, Horatii. Uh, which is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I'm almost wondering if part of that is, I mean, because it has such like strong ties with the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. That maybe there was some kind of thought with that. Yeah, in just terms revolution of like in general. Political turmoil, revolutionary change. Yeah. Mayhaps. I mean, I think that was um, a lot of the imagery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gender kind of. roles, too, in Oath of the Horatii oh, is yeah. definitely yes. a strong. Yeah, oh, revolution yeah. and gender roles are mm-hmm. kind of the lead. Definitely. Themes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Just explain the gender roles in the yeah. image? Because I think, I think you're right, definitely. Um. And we're about to talk about this one later, too. Yeah. <laughs> sure uh, we're going to do a baby on yeah. the Horatii. All right. So there are the three men on the left, which are about to go into battle. Mm-hmm. And isn't it that these are the three? Like, they're like the Horatii. But they're also the brothers to the yes. women in yes. the photo. So the women on the right who yes. are kind of like looking really sad. Mm-hmm. These are their family members mm-hmm. but then one of the women at least is, is married, married to, to someone on the other side yeah curation curation uh, latin <laughs> yes <laughs> i my latin is non-existent so please yeah so it's kind of this like discord between nationalism and family yes. and like how that plays out mm-hmm. and like loyalties i mm-hmm. guess is another strong yeah. theme in this and yeah. it's set to ancient roman times are correct yes but it's painted during and to represent the French Revolution. So using ways, yeah. an 
old Roman story to propel revolutionary. Right. Like that ideas. concept of like sacrifice and yeah. country or everyone has to sacrifice self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There is a detail of one of the uh, Sabine women from yeah. Jacques-Louis David's intervention of the Sabines from mm-hmm. 1799. So there are a few, and I really loved these moments. Just um, The detail shots? Yeah, just yeah. just like as a directorial choice. Oh, um, man. Those really... Those are beautiful. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> those oh. are so cool. The detail shots that they chose oh my God. were fantastic. Someone had a and really good eye yeah. on that yeah. 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 Especially in the intro... Oh, God, where they're just, like, zooming in on, like, spots around, like, an eye or, like, mm-hmm. hair or fabric. It's beautiful. And, yeah. then, and it really, I think it really added to the whole, this is, you know, appreciation and also study of art and art history and not yeah. just, like, look at this big important place yes. we're in. Like, right. it, it really focused on right, right. these, like, very detailed images. Yeah. And, yeah, just from a purely, like, yeah. I enjoy music video standpoint, it was just a cool, like, right? cool move. Usually I really liked pleasing. it. pleasing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one of the details was of one of the Sabine women the painting depicts when the Sabine men are interrupted by the Sabine women uh, who are now wives of Roman soldiers and mothers of Roman babies. It's a very emotional painting. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of, it's very intense. I think it stirs a lot of feelings. I think it being, you know, intervention by women yes. is a very powerful statement in yes. this context. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, definitely. It, so it's known, the incident's known as the rape of the Sabine women yeah. in Roman mythology, mm. um, in which the men of oh, yeah. Rome committed a mass but abduction of the young women. Mm-hmm. The, but the rape and the intervention are two different things. They are different things. Okay. Because this idea of an intervention, I think, is already after. Yeah, it's after the fact. Abducted. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the aftermath of the rape of the Sabine women. Yeah. But that is an important thing to note, is that how this <laughs> all gets started. It and was starting. Rape and the, sack are kind of yeah. like intertwined. Yeah. changed yeah. because rape was probably definitely involved in that occurrence oh, yeah, yeah. but it was you think of like a sack like they came in and they took these women like yeah. it wasn't like an abduction yeah um it wasn't like i don't know i feel like we could put our modern conception of the word rape onto it and can mm-hmm. imagine a different scenario than how it played out in yeah. mythology mm-hmm. it was an abduction yeah totally it was, it was definitely an abduction yeah. and yeah. in ancient greece and ancient rome rape is used for that yeah, it's, I mean, it's all the same thing. You're blanket. taking these women. Yeah. So in more ways than one, but yes. the idea is that they are taking them from yes. their home. And then yeah. what follows is not pleasant either. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole idea behind the painting, it's set, um, it, it makes sense that it was painted in this like revolutionary era because it's mm-hmm. really pushing for this idea of people reuniting after the bloodshed of revolution and, and mm-hmm. war. And so this moment in which... This woman, who is apparently Romulus's wife, Hercilia, rushes between her husband and her father, placing her babies between them. So this sort of idea of love prevailing over conflict, Mm -hmm. which has everything to do (laughs) with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think you definitely nailed it there. The love, love winning out over conflict mm-hmm. type thing yeah the reconciliation mm-hmm. um so well thought out wow yes. wow <laughs> amazing yeah so so lots of good stuff from david in yes. in this video Love 
What next? What do we want to talk about next? Um, there is the interesting sort of Pilates scene in front of the um, Nike, winged Nike, victory. Yeah. I just gotta say, at the moment at the end where Beyonce like loses her shit in front of Nike of Samos, there is like the coolest thing I've ever seen yeah. in my would life. Would you say that she went eight Yeah, <laughs> Yes, I would. <laughs> how many times can we put that joke into this episode? It's been in there a like a few times. times. Yeah, let's that. see how many we can get it in. I'm trying to uh, go many go, far go for this. it. Yeah. Go for it. But I love that yeah. moment. Like, and again it's with so like, good. Uh, her outfit and the color coordination. Yeah. And, and she has that, yeah, just this big blanket, billowing, bil- yeah, billowing white. Yeah. And she, oh God, and she looks yeah. so badass. She oh, does. I love that moment. So I think much. it's really interesting in that scene too because obviously Nike is made from white marble, mm-hmm. and the staircase there is very white mm-hmm. and marble. And then you have dancers that are majority women of color in like these leotards that are their same skin skin tone. So you yeah. have like this very white space and art in like a very white material and like again people that have not had nearly as much of a presence or point of access to that place like being in that scene and it's just interesting how they played with that kind of visual it's also really badass once again like just relating it to you know my own experiences in the Louvre like when we were there those staircases were covered in people like, I know. It's like yeah. everyone's trying to get the picture yeah. of the Nike of Samothrace yeah. and it's just like and when we were there it was insanely hot and it was yeah. just like all there was these no people air conditioning. and it was just like oh my god and she has this space you know like mm-hmm. this this coveted space is hers and it, yeah I, that's just so cool I know it was hard for us you talk about the Louvre you hear about how it's this amazing place, which it is, but it's hard to appreciate when it's full of tourists. Yeah. And it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, for one, appreciated getting the the view of right. the Louvre in, in a sort yeah. of cool, forbidden right. sense. Yeah, definitely. And they definitely, definitely have shots. I mean, they're incorporated in the majority of the shots, and I prefer those, but it's interesting, too, because they definitely had, like, pans of different galleries yeah. where, like, no one was in there, and you get this view where it's, like, this VIP point of access where it's just, like, you and an entire gallery. That is my, like, literal dream <laughs> to go into these places and be the only one right? there. So it's like, oh, my God. Right. And to not, like, yeah, exactly. To go into these places and be the only one there and then to be able to make art out of that experience. Yeah. It just, like, oh, God, it makes me feel things. Like, it's yeah. such a yeah. cool thing. Like, yeah. it's such a cool thing to do. Right. To, yeah, interact with this space that way and to interact with these works that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That it almost makes me, because, yeah, obviously it probably cost some crazy amounts of money to do this and whatever but like who else would ever get to do this you know there yeah there aren't a lot of artists that could ever have that yeah not the art history babes (laughs) and and it's like very short blips but the fact that they're in the archives at certain points too Mm -hmm. so it's like not only are they inhabiting this space that's not really inhabited privately very often but then they're also taking us behind the scenes into places that even if you do visit you're not allowed to go to like they're leaving no stone unturned right essentially right like they own the louvre in this video yeah (laughs) they own it and they will go where they want to go yeah i'm I'm really i'm buying it (laughs) yeah Um, and i think that the the scene 
that really sold it to me as far as they own the Louvre right now is um, their American Gothic-esque moment in front of the Mona Lisa, which Mm -hmm. we couldn't get even close to the Mona Lisa when we went. And I took a really cool picture of the Mona Lisa with like an enormous crowd in front of it and everyone's phone out. And so... They, they have signs that are like, hold your purse. Someone might try and steal your wallet while yeah. you're fucking ogling the Mona Lisa. I would steal your wallet while you're <laughs> ogling the Mona Lisa. Yeah, and, hey. You know, um, just saying. Yeah, and that too. The So the Mona Lisa, like that moment of them all done up and looking badass is a reference to a f- previous photo of yeah. the two of them. Very um, iconic photo. Yeah, it's a photo of the two of them. They look really cute in it, um, standing in front of the Mona Lisa, kind of like back to back a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Like um, mm-hmm. Beyonce's got like a cute little hat um pigtails yeah she's in like pigtails it's super adorable and i think starting it and ending it that way was that initial statement because that's just what the mona lisa really represents at this point it represents the height of culture for some reason So I think that was kind of, it's their opening and their ending moment because it's like, I mean, a lot of people, aside from the Mona Lisa, maybe wouldn't even know they were in the Louvre. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of. Probably, actually. exactly. So it was kind of their moment of being like, you know this image. Like, and we're you know standing in front of it it's like situating them kind of yeah exactly yeah, yeah in a lot of ways i think that the louvre you know the layman understands that the louvre houses the mona lisa like if you don't know art you know that there's a mona lisa and you know that it's in paris in the louvre i want to I, I don't know if everyone knows that i think a lot of people know that I think I can say that with confidence. I think a lot of people do, but even if they don't, the Mona Lisa on its own is like a situation. Like, even if it doesn't put people yeah, exactly. in the, the Louvre, Louvre, like if yeah. they don't make that connection, they can at least be like, oh, that this is like the symbol of art. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, yeah. Um, yeah. But Nat, you had another work you wanted to talk about real quick. Yeah, I wanted to show this one part. So for those of you who want to sit down and like actually look at the video and kind of follow where we're going, it's at. 2.38, so two minutes and 38 seconds in, and it is a detail from a painting of mm-hmm. a scene in Dante's Inferno where he visits a certain ring of hell, I forget exactly which ring, forgive me, where the adulterers reside. Ah. Pablo was Francesca's husband's brother, so she had an affair right. with her husband's brother, with her brother-in-law. Scandal. Yeah, Truly. and then they die, they're both in this circle of hell together for eternity and in the video they show this detail where Francesca is like clinging to the chest of Pablo Mm -hmm. and then following that we cut to this young couple where they kind of switch positions Mm -hmm. where the woman is like at a Mm -hmm. higher vantage point and kind Mm -hmm. of holding the man to her chest and kind of taking over like a stronger Mm -hmm. role of power in the posture mm-hmm. adultery gender roles <laughs> take yeah. what you will think oh, about yeah. it <laughs> sit on that one for a second put that in your private yeah spoken. there's um there's a really good article written uh in the atlantic about this and the gender roles in the video and how it is a lot of these moments especially between this couple the image for the single is an image of a woman doing a man's hair mm-hmm. and it's it's basically um talking about how 
it's putting women in these powerful roles yeah. mm-hmm. um, that are also still like caretaker roles, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting, you know, it's like they're caretaker roles, but they're depicted in a powerful way. It's kind of, it's the idea of like a matriarchy. Yeah. 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 Is yeah. that women can be in control and powerful while still being nurturing yes. and exactly. caregivers. It's possible to have both. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of the ideal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really... Like, once again, that's kind of going back to what I said earlier. Like, this is Beyonce's video. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because there's... It's her video. There's so many moments of really pushing that, yeah, matriarchal idea. Yeah. In very subtle ways that I think are, are very brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's her video. Sorry, <laughs> Jay-Z. We haven't and forgotten about... You had Give that- me that funk that sweet that nasty that gushy <laughs> stuff what the hell was that video called <laughs> that no was, idea the video yeah. was called misogyny <laughs> 101 <laughs> but just in, uh, to circle back to where we kind of started with the whole beyonce and jay-z's relationship and then putting it out there and like what we make of that and how it makes us feel if we're to take the personal out of it and just look at what they're setting up it's kind of like this video in the gender role category in that department is showing a softer masculinity, mm-hmm. which is cool. No matter what, like no matter yeah. they take their personal situations out of it. The fact that the conclusion to this trilogy is so imbued with like mm-hmm. masculinity understood in a different way mm-hmm. because so much of uh, their marital strife comes from a culture of masculinity. Yeah. That is not great that yeah. we don't like and exactly. a lot of women are really over it and yes. i think a lot of men are starting to be over it because oh, in yeah. a way it's a lot of pressure for men yes. to feel like they Jesus. have to fit into this idea of yeah. masculinity that doesn't make you feel very good as a person yeah. like yeah. there was a really great this is kind this is off topic but another musician that i love and and admire uh james blake recently came out with a new album and someone wrote some pitchfork bro wrote like a review of it and called it something like james blake like releases another like sad boy album or something and james blake responded to it and he was like i just really have problems with that term because it's suggesting that it's a problem for men to express their feelings and he he very eloquently relates it to things like the suicide epidemic and Mm -hmm. depression in males Mm -hmm. and he's like it shouldn't be just looked down upon that a man talks about their feelings it shouldn't be and in the same way we see so much like destruction in men going the other way and like Terry Crews is a great example of someone who speaks out about the cult of masculinity and like in mm-hmm. athletics, especially in the NFL and the NBA. And, and definitely in the hip hop community. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, and it gets very complicated with African-American men and all yeah. of that and what's tied up in their identity. And yeah. it's, it's a very complicated issue. And I, I just like that Jay-Z and Beyonce are tackling it just in general yeah. in such mm-hmm. a main stage way yeah i totally agree because yeah that's exactly what it was. it was these moments in the video are very tender both ways but yeah the woman has kind of just a more powerful mm-hmm. stance and the ma- man has a little bit softer of mm-hmm. a, and it's just a simple thing like it's that simple but those aren't the images that we see of men and women often enough you yeah. know and even the fact that they titled it the carters versus like because it any other point in history this would have been Beyonce featuring Jay-Z like that's how it would have been written that's how it would have been presented that is it but that they are able to be like the Carters but Beyonce's taking a little more of a 
yeah, yeah. front and center role, but they're still going to present it as the Carters because it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't need exactly. to be hers with him, like, assisting. It can be both of them, and she can still have a stronger role. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine, and Definitely. that's cool. Definitely. <laughs> and that's a cool thing. It's a good thing and a cool thing. And is that a good time for a break? Yeah. I think that's a great time for a break. <laughs> we're cool, going to break. For a cool break. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Illuminati. So, conspiracy theory time? I think we're uh, ready for that segment of our show. Yeah. Let's dive into that weird fucking pool. Yeah. So, if you are at all familiar with just how YouTube works (laughs) and just how people (laughs) can go on there and make their own channel and (laughs) just put the craziest shit up Mm -hmm. for a long time now, Beyonce, Jay-Z... Rockefeller Records has been accused of being in cahoots with the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? Hmm. Well, I mean, nothing, but (laughs) (laughs) like it doesn't mean anything, but a lot of people think it means a lot. And it's really interesting and funny. What was the the term that guy used? Symbol symbolization or something? Symbology. Symbology. Because that's a term from the Da Vinci Code. He's a symbologist in the in the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code is not real. So I. But if you've read the Da Vinci Code and if you've seen this video, it's probably no surprise to you that the Illuminati conspiracy theorists went nuts. (laughs) Because like, yeah, the Carters, Jay-Z and Beyonce have been playing with this for a very long time. They've been very well aware. They know what's up. Oh, yeah. And they intentionally will now yeah. like make references to the Illuminati. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're assuming that most of our listeners understand what we mean when we say the Illuminati. For those of you that don't, just real quick off Wikipedia, the Illuminati is a name given to several groups, both real and fictitious. Historically, the name usually refers to the Bavarian Illuminati, which was an Enlightenment-era secret society founded on May 1st, 1776. The goal of this society is to oppose uh, superstition, obscurantism, obscurantism? I don't know what that means, (laughs) Um, religious influence over public life, and abuses of state power the illuminati is kind of lumped in there with like freemasons conspiracy theorists uh go crazy talking about how there's this idea of a new world order that's being masterminded by uh agents and government and corporations that are trying to gain political power that will establish this new world order and it's just pervasive in every single part of any kind of culture that exists. So novels, films, television shows, comics, video games, music videos, etc. So for many years now, people like Beyonce and Jay-Z have been a very popular topic in this whole Illuminati conspiracy theorist dialogue. So some of the common symbols associated with the Illuminati is... um, the pyramid with the all-seeing eye mm-hmm. at the top. Any references to like demons? Well, Satan. that's that's the thing. At the heart of all this is a lot of the people that do buy into it tend to be people that have more fundamentalist, but like 
fundamentalist like Christian views, but also a, a penchant for conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a very interesting group. Because, it's an interesting niche. Because the <laughs> Illuminati is also the devil. Like, <laughs> Well, in the Illuminati, if they are real, are supposedly established to be against like organized religion. Yes. Yeah. So, but- it's yeah. like selling so your devil. soul to the devil, <laughs> yeah. essentially. It's the devil. devil. I mean, there are endless videos on the Illuminati mm-hmm. in, in on the internet. Like, you can find so much. And endless videos on just Beyonce and the Illuminati. Like, you can find plenty. But basically, the underlying idea is people like Beyonce and Jay-Z are, like, made a deal with the devil, yeah. basically. And that's like, why they're so successful. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, it goes much deeper than just a, an, a society that's mm-hmm. against organized religion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it goes to this place of, like, they made packs with demons. And, like, and they like, tie in their daughter to this. Yeah. And I'm sure they've tied in the twins somehow by now. And Oh, yeah, twins, that's devil business. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's gotten pretty intense. Um, and so if you are looking at the ape shit video, some of the suggested videos are I was going to say gonna be. two queued up videos later, you will be at a conspiracy theory. So <laughs> yeah. just like go to the bathroom, pour yourself a drink. Yeah, you don't like, even really need to look Make for your it. bed and then come back and it'll be on. And we tried to watch one. And like I... I dude, intolerable. I, yeah, I'm someone who likes conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I buy into them, but I find them interesting and I, I tend to find conspiracy theorists interesting. Mm-hmm. I could not do it no, like it yeah. was impossible to watch it's so misresearched you know yeah. Just, yeah. just no understanding of what was actually happening and he even tried to like look at artworks and had no idea what he was talking no. about mm-hmm. no like, he didn't he was like this is some uh like weird symbology of there's the, a the devil and, and, uh, he said something about violent. a child sacrifice yeah. Yeah. i was like there is no <laughs> child sacrifice happening in this painting yeah that was and the if it is it's biblical ceiling, right like exactly. if, if there are children's sacrifices yeah. it's biblical like that's <laughs> just a fact of the matter yes. so pick a side pick a lane <laughs> it's in the bible my guy no like, know your shit <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's so many videos and yeah, at least the one we chose was impossible to watch. This guy was just... We had to stop. Yeah, we were like, this it was is just too crazy. uncomfortable. And you should never go into the YouTube comments like this mm. is... We all know we should never go into the YouTube comments. But then you repeat it after us, guys. <laughs> I started reading them. It was people, bad. People was, are uh... just like talking about how they're like the devil and like... And it's just like, what or like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, how? Part of it too, when we were trying to watch one of those conspiracy videos, like it was just very apparent that the real problem that the guy had with Beyonce and Jay Z was that they were successful black people. Oh in yeah, America. he was definitely very racist. strong undercurrent of racism. <laughs> yeah. So I I highly doubt that a lot of these conspiracy theorists out there talking about this shit with Beyonce and Jay Z are doing that shit with very wealthy white families. I mean, they said problem. it about the Clintons. Like, Clintons ah. are part of the Illuminati <laughs> and shit. Like, but right. that's right. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly they are. <laughs> <laughs> How deep it goes is pretty, pretty crazy. But I also am like kind of mad because the thing that conspiracy theorists sometimes do well is like sometimes a lot of their research is good. They're just good at yeah. arguing it a certain way. Yeah. But I feel like these Illuminati theorists, they don't even do good research, no. and that they, they don't, me out. and they. Don't don't articulate at all because I agree I can get into certain conspiracy theories in 
at least to the extent that I am interested to hear what they have to say about it, if it's communicated Mm -hmm. in a clear and intelligent way. But for this, nothing I've seen is even remotely close. And and, and on top (laughs) of it all, it's like no matter what you pull, like there's a Beyonce lyric, y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Like they know, (laughs) like they're They're making fun of you. Like they're doing this because they're that wasn't clear enough. Very well aware of what they are doing. So there's something that I was thinking about, which is this idea that there's no way, according to these conspiracy theorists, that people like Beyonce and Jay Z could just be doing this stuff because they just have creative ideas and (laughs) and they're making a lot of money and they're exploring what their artistic output can accomplish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's almost like these people that claim that beyonce and jay-z are in some kind of illuminati freemason conspiracy to somehow control the world's governments it's implying that that there is this idea of a new world order that there are these puppet masters behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and that they are controlling people like Beyonce and Jay-Z to subliminally like get across their message, (laughs) which I think is kind of (laughs) rude to just a great way to put it. I think that it's rude to assume that these people aren't acting on their own creative agency. Very insulting. They're being uh, somehow control by the powers that be right that's so annoying yeah it's so stupid not to mention beyonce is a very very open about her belief in god and like Mm -hmm. her christian upbringing yeah yeah you're right it's super rude it's it's stripping them of of who they are and what they actually believe and their creative agency and what they're capable of doing as human Mm -hmm. beings Mm -hmm. like you're saying No, it has to be part of some greater conspiracy where they sold their soul to the devil. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that they're just acting on their own creative agency as artists. It's that there is a new world order that has weird rituals in the woods where they <laughs> sacrifice stuff and have orgies and somehow control the world. Yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah, it's crazy uh, how how much worldviews can differ like <laughs> i know and so like i don't know i'm i'm this isn't turning into an anti-illuminati episode i just wanted to say that that's that shit's dope it's more like <laughs> turning into an anti-angry people in their basements yeah like, yeah. like writing stop dude like, like ridiculous at least if you're gonna like if you're ridiculous gonna, ideas if you're gonna do a conspiracy video fucking research yeah it. Exactly. make sure you know your stuff yeah give a compelling argument i'll listen like yeah. but yeah. If i'm you, more likely to hear about the chemtrails yeah <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, dude, I've heard like, and not that I buy into it, but I have heard Uh-oh. really well-prepared flat earther arguments. Right. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I got respect for the fact that you at least put effort yeah. into that. You really believe in this. Sure. You worked really hard. 
your science is bogus. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> good job. But like I'm just saying, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna go out into the world with a conspiracy theory, you should probably like prep that shit a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway. But yeah, it's just it's pretty absurd. I I mean, if any of our listeners happen to believe in the Illuminati and you want to write in Make and a more e- compelling argument and explain Please it do. to us, Please we'll do. listen. We are open minded individuals. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely so. listen. I love that shit i just know that a lot of it is like wacky yeah and that's not to say i don't want to know what you think yeah um as long as it's not steeped in racism we're please don't hear about it yeah Yeah. which is what we were getting from a lot of these exactly yeah and if you're if you're believing the illuminati as as uh, any type of racist connotations, then please do not email yeah, us. Yeah, we ever. don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you could probably stop listening to the show. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> unsubscribe. We now. are not the podcast for you. No. <laughs> or keep listening and like be turned because that would be cool. That would probably happen eventually <laughs> if you happy. enjoy listening yeah. to us. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, anyone anyone has any fun takes on the Illuminati and the Carters? We'd like to hear mm, your thoughts on mm-hmm. that. It's been a pretty pervasive thing. For a long time. Yeah, it has been. I'm glad that we're talking about it because that's something that I've noticed a bit uh with all of the Beyonce fervor is like, damn, apparently people are looking at her concerts and talking about how demonic the red light is in the concert. Honestly. <laughs> Jay-Z's trying to get away from her demonic energy. Because oh, he God. can't control her. That's yeah, her I was like, one no. That's <laughs> Before we get into a little listener mail, any other any other takeaways, any other thoughts, feelings about ape shit? If you're still here and you haven't watched it, go watch it. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. thing. Yeah, you're probably real confused <laughs> yeah. if you haven't watched it. Um, go watch it. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I've said this before. I'm just echoing myself at this point. But like, I'm not a big fan of Beyonce. I just think she's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but I am really excited to know that there are like artists out there that are um, thinking like this, keeping yeah. a dialogue with works from the past and this idea of trying to reframe an institution like the Louvre, mm-hmm. which for all intents and purposes is sort of a beacon to the like white European Western art history that, that we know to be uh, the stereotype in Mm -hmm. the discipline. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun for us to see these, um, these sort of conventions flipped on their head. Yeah. And that's really cool. And I want to see more of that, whether it's music that I care for or not, doesn't really matter because I just think that as far as, visual culture goes it's really exciting yeah. definitely and i as both a beyonce fan and a contemporary rap fan think it's a banger and then it's really exciting that it happens to overlap with um you know something that i've dedicated my life to <laughs> yeah exactly so so i think it's just there's something in it there's something in it for everyone yeah <laughs> like, go watch it I, you don't need to like beyonce just go check it out yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting video and you'll definitely walk away from it going huh yeah. Oh. And also, as we mentioned it briefly, but um, if this is something that interests you, once again, as a Beyonce fan or not, you can check out our Patreon episode at patreon.com slash arthistorybabes in which we 
pick apart her Coachella performance. There's some very similar things going on there with iconography. And also, if you have never seen Lemonade, I think all people need to see Lemonade. I think that's a really um, just historically important visual album. So there's a lot of good visual material, interesting visual material. Yeah, once again, whether you really like the music or not, I think you can pull something from what she does and what she's been doing. So, listener mail. Let's do it. Uh, This is a uh, listener mail from Mary. The subject is undergrad and stressed, exclamation point. Oh, no, Mary. (laughs) Hey, babes. First, just want to thank you all for all the company you give me while driving, cleaning, and running. You make all of those things way more fun. Yay. I'm messaging you because this summer I was awarded a research grant from my university to research Modigliani and his series of female nudes. In a nutshell, I'm looking into Modi's, I like that, (laughs) Modi's radical choice to include pubic and armpit hair in his nudes and the social implications of that in terms of gendered sexuality and representation. I'm about to enter my senior year of undergrad in the fall. I'm so freaked out, SOS. (laughs) And I'm viewing this opportunity as a huge learning experience, not just about my topic of interest, but also what research is like and what my future as an art historian might look like. I had one of those honest and realistic, but I'm holding back tears kind of conversations with my professor, where he basically told me I can't write for Linda Nochlin because she's dead, and that my research won't interest anyone in grad school because the field has moved past some of the things I wrote about in my grant proposal. Mm. Basically, I'm dated. So, Mm. I'm feeling stressed. What I want to ask you about is, one, advice for an undergrad who doesn't yet know what I don't know. (laughs) I have so much to learn and engage with, and I know that never stops, but how do I approach and acknowledge that in my research? How do I navigate writing about something I am no expert on, knowing that it will be a potential writing sample for grad schools? Two, what art news sources do you all keep up with to know what's going on in the art world and keep yourselves plugged into current conversations? Three, what scholars would you recommend looking into for some insight into current conversations about feminist and queer art history? Holy wow. Anything you have to share with me would be greatly (laughs) appreciated. I think I need some perspective to say the least. Also, can we talk about Beyonce and Jay-Z's video Ape Shit? Holy shit, I'd love to hear your thoughts and analysis. Hey, girl. We we did that one. (laughs) We answered that question. So that's one. We got got one of your questions taken care of. Also, I'm totally wearing an Art History Babe t-shirt to graduation next spring. You better take a picture and send it to us. Yeah, you really should. Um, That's so sweet. First first off, baby girl. Your professor was wrong for that. Yeah, um, I don't think that's the best no. way to go about that situation. But here's what happens in any kind of university setting. You will run across um, professors that are your mentors that can say things that are going to really discourage you. Yeah, And mm-hmm. so your yes. question then has to become, how much do I care about this? And if I care about it enough, Am I then going to advocate for it? So if what you are really, really interested in doing at a graduate level is something that this professor has somehow tried to dissuade you from or told you that you're dated, screw that professor. Yeah. That's basically it. Like all of us, I think, went into our programs. Well, maybe not all of us, but I think that a a majority of us were like, I think I want to do this. And 
I know just from personal experience, I went into a program where none of the professors had any background in Mesoamerican yeah. mm-hmm. art yeah. or Mexican-American art, yeah. Chicano art. And I said, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do because yeah. that's what I'm passionate about. Right. So you just go ahead and write what you're going to write for your writing sample and send off your application to a lot of different schools you're probably gonna get in somewhere and you're probably gonna get a decent financial package i was just gonna say the fact that you already have been awarded a research grant puts you yeah you're gonna get in i was not awarded any research in undergrad and i still got into grad school (laughs) and also my writing Um, sample was nothing incredible no No. like it was fine yeah like it was not earth-shattering research as we now. all learned at the end of our first year yes. none of our research or writing no mine were. was yeah appalling. So I, I think just having a you know a you you obviously care a lot about this you've done the research and yeah. you have a good angle i think that is plenty to get you into a yeah. Grad yeah. program i think that a grad program would be excited to hear about mm-hmm. Modigliani's nudes and pubic hair. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. And I think that you should take what your professor said as a grain of salt and keep yeah. going. Yeah. And that's a lot of navigating academia. Yeah. Yes. You got to trust your gut more than anything. Yeah. And yeah. you can't let what professors say make or break your enthusiasm. We went and You'll we lose were, your voice if we, you do that yeah, too much. Yeah, definitely. We were in a program with a girl who essentially just did what she thought her advisor wanted her to do. And it was sad to watch. And we were like, oh, no. You know? And, and uh, <laughs> oh, no. it looked It's very, a very common trap that people fall into. Don't writing, do it. Writing for the professor. They yeah. write for the professor thinking that that's what they want to read versus... Mm-hmm. Yeah. finding their own voice their mm-hmm. own opinion doing their own research it, it's a crutch that's kind of easy to fall on and yeah. it sounds like your instinct is to not lean on that crutch so good for you yeah. Yeah. And like great. run with that instinct yeah so the takeaway here is you got to do you boo boo yeah, yeah. And i think the best thing to do with those kind of situations is t- yeah take what your professor said and be like okay so what are some new angles i could look at yeah. from this but do not throw mm-hmm. away the research no. you've been doing and i would not look at that research that you're doing and say oh this is this is super dated yeah, it, sounds or, uh, it sounds interesting. interesting and i'm i guarantee you're gonna find your own angle with it yeah there was a lady in our program a class above us who was doing something kind of similar, actually, with, like, female nudes and oh, yeah, yeah. identity. And mm-hmm. I think it kind of... It, pubic hair, I think, was, like, a big part of yeah, that. Yeah, And it was super interesting. We were all very into it when yeah. she presented on it. So, yeah. like, yeah, trust, you will trust what you're doing. Exactly. You will find your own angle. You will find your own voice. And it sounds super interesting. So I think he's probably... I don't know, maybe you caught him on a bad day or something because that's something that happens too. Like you catch professors oh, on like yeah. the wrong day and all, all of a sudden everything you're doing is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you 100% cannot let that bring you down because that unfortunately is something you'll deal with in grad school too. Yeah. And yeah. just have to yeah believe strongly in what you're totally. doing. As far as sources, like art mm. news sources. Hyperallergic. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Hyperallergic's a good one. I, I like Artnet. I do too. Yeah. yeah. Artnet's pretty good. Yeah. I Art- honest- Artsy has some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I honestly really like following just like, like I follow a lot of contemporary artists and a lot of just 
weird art bloggers and stuff on like social media and mm-hmm. seeing the weird things that come out that way that I feel like is kind of a more interesting like yeah. less yeah. less art journalism more like what's going on mm-hmm. underground yeah. type I love stuff. Uh, Jerry Saltz's Instagram <laughs> yeah I love that and he loves Instagram. our Instagram <laughs> he's always got some good stuff to say yeah that's that's my thing is like find the weird artists and like art critics, enthusiasts yeah. and critics mm-hmm. that you like and follow them on like Instagram and Twitter yeah. yes especially yeah. if you're already having discord with professors it means that you're headed in that path anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, our, of our people like, <laughs> are like eh, fuck art history like grad yeah. school all that like no no thank you <laughs> yeah and you know what they're all making like a lot of money right oh, yeah. yeah and I'm like more than a lot of art what did what why didn't I do that <laughs> it's a different time <laughs> Thank you so much for your email. I think did we did we get all of it? Uh, did we there was touch on one everything? more question about oh. what scholars you'd recommend for oh. insight into current conversations mm. about feminist and queer art history. That's wow, a that one's hard. One. That's I a loaded one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I have to hand this one off. I really couldn't tell oh, you. Oh, like the ones I'm going to say are just the classics. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to go to like Linda Nochlin. Who did you mention earlier? Bell Hooks, uh-huh. obviously super important feminist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could rattle off all the classics, like basically. But in terms of super contemporary, once again, I would go to your Twitter feed. Let's open like, it it's up such, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Like anyone who's listening right now, who knows? Like let us know and we yeah. will pass on the message. Yeah, like, definitely. You could always do a follow up too if other people are interested. I would love to hear... Um, what our listeners um, suggest about this because I'm not ashamed to say that I haven't really been keeping up on the world of queer art history or scholarly work on like current feminist trends in the world of art history. I don't no yeah i just haven't been following many contemporary art historians at all right like, that's just i'm i'm, I'm detoxing i know from. we're all pay just... off our student loans and <laughs> i haven't even survive. touched my student loans yet like yeah i'm just trying to survive right now Same. um like yeah we're just trying to get by and any of our energies kind of go into this podcast yeah. so like but i would say honestly like you're for super contemporary like what's going on right now like your twitter feed is important i know some people push back on that but the discourse that goes on on twitter is absurd it is absurd like and, and it's really like really important conversations are being hashed out on twitter yeah. every day the way i've been keeping up is is a lot of social media it's like every time i see a new badass like feminist that has um fifty thousand twitter followers i'm like i need to follow that person yeah yeah so i think that it's kind of like chic almost to be like oh well i don't take things like twitter seriously but the fact of the matter is like that is what our culture is now yeah and a lot of our younger more radical scholars are taking to twitter 100 to talk about the things that they are interested in and so you're 100 percent. you got to pay attention to where the content is coming from so yeah get on twitter because it's so much harder to get published than it is to write a twitter thread you know and it's like you can get your ideas out there in like a digestible format and and then people can respond and you can have a conversation you know and Mm -hmm. a lot of what's published is just like it's censored because Mm -hmm. it's all built in a system that's based on power exactly and like power dynamic and hierarchy so it's like 
Yeah, it's better to kind of find the grassroots. The mm. Don't gas censor those tweets. Yeah, true. exactly. So, so a beauty and a curse. Yeah, as so, we've seen. So get on there, you know, check out hashtag queer art history. Yeah, or, exactly. You know, whatever it would be. Yeah, that's and, true. and just uh, just see what's out there. But also, yeah, like <laughs> Nat was saying, I know we have a lot of lovely feminist and queer listeners out there that probably have some really good uh, suggestions. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to write yes. in, we would d- love to do like a follow up post. Yeah. Especially considering Twitter gets tricky when it comes to uh, citations. Yeah. So <laughs> that might not be the best way since you're still an undergrad. You're yeah. still worrying about research and that yes. is very much a part I of wonder, your life. You do have to kind of. I wonder what yeah. that's staying. That that's about like like citing a tweet like how that. I'm sure people are oh, doing it. Oh, yeah. I think that it's yeah. in the Chicago manual style probably nice Nice. yeah so any suggestions please write those into us mary you're doing great baby you got this you're doing so good i also am not gonna say where you go to college just for like your own privacy but we went to similar private liberal arts schools in the pacific northwest so (laughs) you're gonna be fine because like i'm totally great She's great. There you go. Enough said. It's like I'm totally great. No, you're you're doing great. Just just keep staying the course. You got this. Girl. You're gonna be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, stay in contact. Let us know how everything goes. Please, Please do. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone else for listening. Thank you, friends. This was fun. This was fun. I enjoyed this. It was really fun. <laughs> It's really great. It's pretty great. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes for extra episodes for one whole dollar a month. Wow. One dollar. What a bargain. Or more. If you want. Or more. Like, (laughs) if you so choose. We will take more, but as low as one dollar a month. So pretty good deal there. Uh, Hit us up on all the social medias. We're on YouTube. I've been screaming that at you guys for a while. (laughs) We are on YouTube. Head over to YouTube. Subscribe to that. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. And yeah, we will see you all next time. Bye. Ciao, Amici. Bye, babies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the Art History Babes going and for access to bonus content. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.